We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, guys, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. It's just myself and Scott today, and I thought I would take a good I'll take that opportunity to ask Scott about decades. Um, obviously, it's something that he invented, and it's been talked about a lot at the minute. And I do see it pretty much as the future of professional game, and really leaking into amateur game as well. Versions of this system. So I've never really taken the time to stop and talk to Scott about you know his inspirations and the rest of it he gives us little bites when we do the um podcast of you know, ideas that he came up and why he started it but let, let's find out more about it it should be a fun episode so no lou today he's busy with family and work i think today but it's me and scott and scott we're talking decade today yeah yeah i think uh... subject close to your heart obviously <laughs> it's your baby isn't it it is. It is. It's. It's really funny how it really was. I'm not gonna say an accident, but it really is surprising what it's uh, turned to. And I, I think it's funny because I do think a lot of what a conversation like this can be, and it's some of what I get myself for in trouble for on Twitter when people think that I'm just like posting emails from players. I'm like, I'm not doing that to look cool. I'm doing that so that you, the listener, the tweeter person, can learn like this is what they're doing, and here's some of the mindset tricks that they're using. And, uh, and I think that that's something that, you know, this will be kind of a history type session here, but there's going to be a lot of nuggets in there about stuff Zalatoris and I did when he yeah. won the Texas Salmon U.S. Junior. So I think it'll be you know informative and educational, really help your game if you listen. Yeah, absolutely. So first question, it's a basic question, really. I mean, what inspired you to do it? What was the catalyst for making you think you, you wanted to uh, go this route? Honestly, the game of poker. It really... I've always been pretty good with math and I, I did a lot of logic problems. Like I feel like I've referred to here before whenever I was in elementary school and junior high. So I've got kind of a background in that, but it really was, I mean, I laugh because people think that I play like this internet smart guy, but I'm like, actually, if I look back at my professional career, I was an absolute moron <laughs> to have never, not that I needed to figure out decade in my mid twenties without data, but I'm like, Again, I do agree with everybody when they give me a hard time saying it's common sense. It is total common sense once you see it and get it, but it just isn't until then. And, and you know, kind of the impetus of this thing was getting an email from Bo Van Pelt, who finished second last week. And here's a guy that literally hasn't had a top 10 since 2015. And he sends me an email just out of the blue. First of all, one of my 22-year-old players, Garrett Kigo, won his second in his second start on the PGA Tour. But then the guy that finished second sends me an email saying, 
you know, I'd been hearing a little bit about this and I bought it during a rain delay of US Open qualifying last week, watched some videos and finished second last week. And it's just hilarious because kind of the point of some learning experiences was, is the next email, if he and I went back and forth some and he sent me follow up. He's like, you know, it's definitely hard to stick to, but anytime that I found my mind straying, I just said to myself, get back to the decade principles. And I'm like, that's just, it's literally comical to me. And that's, um, that's when I think when people say it's just common sense, because there's lots of it when I first started looking at it, I thought, well, I kind of do all this anyway, but <laughs> it's such an emotional roller coaster on a golf course. Even the people I think who say it's just common sense, you know, almost like a slight put down, I think sometimes. I think it is common sense, but if you actually measured and look back at how you felt how you responded on certain situations of your golfing life you're going to find that common sense goes out the window similar to the same way that common sense goes out the window when you've had a little dink in your car you know you've had a car a little bang in your car and you get out and you're flustered you can't like you can't even turn your phone on it it's that kind of feeling on a golf course and I think a little bit where people lose sight of that which is where I think decade possibly allows people to like you say there, just focus on the real issues a bit more, not let well, the fluster take over. And that was kind of a tweet I posted the other day where I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things that are common sense that gets thrown out the window when you have a kid, when you're in yeah. love. Like there's a lot of yeah. things where, yeah. <laughs> trust me, as a guy that got married and, uh, and it didn't work out so well, there wasn't a whole lot of common sense going on. And, yeah. you know, love is a crazy thing. But to kind of to finish up the idea of where I got the idea is, I just, you know, again, I've done a lot of logic problems and it really is, it's funny how every decision in life ultimately is a basic expectation, weighted expectation, average problem. Um, you know, crossing the street, it, will I make it 100%? If it's much short of 100%, you're probably going to wait. And so even though you're doing that intuitively, you know, just through experience, you're still actually weighing odds. And so really once, you know, I started working with Como in 2005, uh, you know, got to where I was playing some pretty good golf, but then the strokes gain statistics, right when I went back and played professional golf the second time was in 2011 when they were first releasing the new strokes gained stats. And it was only strokes gained putting at first, but I was posting in an online poker forum called two plus two then. And I started a thread all the way back. I mean, literally uh, 10 years ago in 2011 saying is drive for show putt for dough really true. Now I didn't have strokes gained driving or approach shot statistics. And the, and the title was really just a play on, you know, the old adage more than I was really questioning that the real question was simply is bombing it. One of the most important parts of golf and how much is putting really just variance and so you can really, it's funny going back and rereading some of those threads because then I was actually like live blogging, if you will, the, the run with Zalatoris in 2014 at the Texas Am in, in US Junior. And I just, again, from having a decent background in math, I'm like, well, if I know how many strokes it takes to haul out from any given spot, and I know what a shot pattern looks like. So the shot pattern in, in the poker analogy is the deck of cards. And the resultant expectation is whatever the flop or the turn or whatever the, you know, the community cards are. And then it really is just, you know, again, all sports and games really are just math-based games with a different uh, element of luck introduced, you know, backgammon, it's introduced via dice, poker, it's introduced via cards, golf, it's introduced via bounces and wind and, and just the variance within your shot patterns. And then it is just a matter of who can stick to, the math problem the best and and ultimately it's it's about like you say removing emotions i one of the announcers that you know that won on the pga tour before he texted me you know you know i am a guy that played better with 
emotion. And I'm like, no, you just played worse without emotion. You can't play better than you are. You just should have been trying to get your non-emotional days higher. You just weren't engaged. And so, so much of, again, I had a great long conversation with with a new player for the first time yesterday. And it is just hilarious. Here's a guy that he's, he's positive strokes gain driving and he's been pretty negative strokes gain approach for his first two years on tour. And as we're talking, like, I'm just saying to a guy like that, like, I'm just not buying it. The driver is so hard to hit that if you're swinging at 120 and you're plus 0.2.3 strokes gained off the tee, I'm just not buying you're incapable of hitting your irons because he's literally like negative a half and negative 0.8 strokes gained approach. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not buying that. You're trying to do too much with yeah. those iron shots, you know, we talked about the driver. He's like, yeah, I only cut the driver. And I'm like, well, how about the irons? He's like, well, <laughs> I try to do quite a, quite a bit of stuff with them. And I'm like, well, again, it's just, that's not working. So let's try simplifying it. And it really, whoo, man, that's, that's it. So the Genesis really was poker and then yeah. layering in yeah. a background of math and logic. It's yeah. uh, that's, I uh, mean, and you're and, having a background or an ability to do the maths like you obviously can, is what obviously led to you looking at it in a more logical math style way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The other thing as well, I think, I mean, what would you say to the people who say golf isn't maths? You know, this is a common response. I see they would say, you know, golf, this is ridiculous. Golf isn't maths. This is making golf boring. It's making it more sterile. What would your response be to that? Because I I do see that as a response. there's there's a part of me that doesn't disagree with that. I mean, I, I disagree that the game's not a math problem. I can agree you may not see it that way, but once you've seen, again, it's like one of those things you can't unhear something. You can't unhear or unknow what I teach. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's like even if you hate me and you want to be the you know the architecture lover and whatever, once you understand what I'm talking about with satellites and and again shot patterns, you just can't unknow it. And I actually. I don't disagree that it might take some of the luster out of the game, but I would argue that's for a very small part of the population. Like there's, there's only so many people that are wine sommeliers that can only drink fancy wine. Most of us are like, well, yeah, this wine's better than that wine. But at the end of the day, we really don't care. Most people just want to shoot lower scores and they're not out there trying to figure out the architect's intention, talking about the, you know, like, like in the art, you know, museums, Here's what the artist was trying to tell me. I literally posted from Chicago last week. I saw those posts. I was gonna, I was gonna DM you because I'm an art lover, but I didn't want to go down that can of worms. We'll, we'll do that over a beer when I come and visit. That, the art, well, the art so actually, we won't, we won't derail on this much. I actually like when I was looking at the art. I'm like, I can see the br- like. I, it's not my deal, but I'm like, I can see what you're seeing with the paintings. But then I see this one that is literally pool equipment and shop vacs, and I'm like, what is this? what is this? And people are like, the whole point of art is to get you talking. And I'm like, well, technically a turd on a base would get everyone talking. Is that art? And it's like, well, well you're asking one of the bigger questions. I don't know if you've ever, we are derailing here, but I'll bring it back out of this. <laughs> we'll get back uh, I, I was literally at the Tate Modern two weeks ago and they had the Bauhaus 
uh, urinal. Do you ever have you ever seen the urinal? They put basically Bauhaus movement put a urinal in an art gallery and said, "Is this art?" The idea of the art was to challenge your perception of what art is. It was asking you to not just think painting. It was asking you not to just think Rembrandt. It was saying, well, this urinal was designed, for one, by designers. They go for art school. The curves on it are made to be functional. Art has to be semi-functional or not, does it? You know, that's one of the questions that art always poses. So when you well, say a turd on a thing, I think, well, yeah, I mean, a urinal was challenging art and became art because you hung it in a in a art gallery. Here's an interesting idea just around that, <laughs> but I will come back to the next question reference decade. If you put me on a tour range, okay, or if you put me on the 17th tier Augusta in a practice round for the Masters, I will hit my tee shot and the audience will watch me and the audience will go, ooh, and that ball goes off like they do every time I've been to Augusta because the audience, I would say, there isn't possibly the like the golf smartest audience. It's much more of a like, a, you know, getting tickets there isn't always the easiest thing kind of thing. Um, and I, I used to say to the people I was with, if you put me on that tee and I hit my tee shot, like I generally do, they would also go, ooh, now, because they have no perception about how no oh, that's gone or what that, like Jason Day at a tee shot up 17, toey hook, massive toey hook, and he's one hand off the club, and they were all going, whoa, what a shot. Like, no, he's hit a toey hook, you know, got another boy out of the bag and went on. So I, it, that's the same thing. Am I now a tour player if you put me in that practice area? Well, for lots of people, I will appear to be one. I've got sponsors on my sleeve. I would look the part. It's the same ideas that would challenge it's, that if you put something in an art gallery, even is it become art? But anyway, it's, it's actually interesting you say that because that does dovetail into one of the points that I always like to make when we're when I'm talking about like the genesis of decade or like certain little learning experiences on the 16th hole in the final round of the Texas Amateur. Again, Zalatoris is the time is the 3300 ranked junior golfer in the world. He's never won anything close to this big and he's 17 years old and as the way the course played the 15th green plays right up to the clubhouse and then 16, 17 plays away and 18 comes back. And so there's about 50 to a hundred, you know, members and people there on the 16th tee and, and Zalatoris bombs it. And I literally, because I knew what I would be trying to do if I was 17, I'd be like, y'all are going to, you're not going to believe this one. And I literally pulled him off to the side of the tee box. And I was like, look, man, I know you want to kill one for all these people they would freak out if you top it. They, they just, they don't have a perspective of how good you're going to hit this. Yeah. So yeah. don't try to hit this harder. Trust me, your stock ball here is going to get some oohs and ahs, but don't try to kill this one and wind up in the middle of the trees for me. And it was funny because then he just striped it right down the middle. And as we were walking off the tees, like, that is exactly what I was about to do. And I'm like, trust me, man, I wasn't guessing. Like I put myself as a 17 year old and what would I try to yeah, do? And so yeah. A lot of that, you know, again, gets back to just hitting the stock shot over and over again. And, and really like when you're in certain tournaments and situations, don't worry about trying to impress everyone else. Like it's just, that's not the point. The point is to shoot the lowest score. Don't try to step up there and do some outlandish thing on one shot to get an extra ooh and an ah. Cause yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I've literally just filmed a video on how to break 70 using stats. And one of the main points of it was on approach play was don't be too aggressive with your approach play. So if you look at the stats of like a 30 foot puck compared to a 15, 20 yard chip, the result in neck shot is almost half distance on the, the, the stats I was looking at. Um, and it was basically say by chasing birdies, you'll probably make more bogeys within reason. So it's that kind of idea where, again, it leads back to that common sense comment. I always think the people who say, 
it is co- it's only just common sense. I, I think they're either like Lou, like <laughs> some of the things Lou tells me, I think he says that like he thinks that's how normal people would do this. Like yeah. he is in a minority of someone who is measuring each part to see if his stats are correct. So yes, that's common sense for you, Lou. But if you speak to the masses, I would say, well, 90% plus of people aren't thinking like that or beginning to <laughs> at all. So I think the people who say it's just common sense are either think they are, like I say, they're Lou, they're really like stat driven people. Or they're not really remembering those occasions like you referenced there with Zalatoris, who would have not used common sense. He would have used emotion to try and wow that audience. And in the situation, maybe not the best idea. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I love the way that's built. And, and the most, I mean, I would say lots of great ideas and certainly in golf coaching and what have you, they, they stem from common sense. It's just common sense from what bracket. If you look at the new ball flight laws, for anyone who, who, who measures ballistics you know anyone who's measuring projectiles it's just basic launch characteristics it's common sense in amongst their circles it doesn't matter if it's a bullet or if it's a golf ball because that's where that technology comes from well that's Um, where it's so interesting because it really is interesting to look back at something like that and think how did we get it so wrong oh yeah we and how did we actually play good golf while totally not actually doing what we're trying to do it's really well, I think, amazing well i think if everyone is doing the same thing then no one's pushing ahead that's why you there, there's opportunities for people like tiger to come along and say actually if it was by luck or complete brilliant you know whatever you want to put it down to a tiger the the style of game that he brought just literally said no 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 you're doing it wrong this is how this you, is do, how you it. do it. And everyone would have gone, well, you look at the classic Curtis Strange interview, don't you? He would have been going, well, you can't do it like that. You can't be that arrogant. You can't. Oh, you oh. can actually. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I mean? So I think lots of really good ideas come from often common sense. It's just common sense in certain groups rather than common, common, common sense. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, it's similar um, to where the architecture crowd that is the main ones that I'm arguing with typically on these kind of things where they just are, it, it is so funny to me looking back at the idea of US Open, we're gonna really punish the long hitters by growing in the rough and narrowing the fairways, which is literally the exact opposite of what yeah. you should be doing um, for them. And then looking back at who was successful in the US Open for the most part, like your Nicholas's and your, your dominant yeah. longer players. And it's like, some, how, do, how did we not figure that out without yeah, the data? Yeah. Like well, we weren't looking, and like you say, without the data, I think it's just we're looking at people's outfits, we're looking at people's smiles and haircuts, and we're looking at ball flights and going, wow, that's an amazing ball flight. Yeah, but it hasn't gained from the last guy, so they're probably going to draw if you give them enough goes. It's That's the beauty of where we are at the minute. And that's where when I asked the question about 
golf is not maths and some people say it's boring. I see it the complete opposite way. I see it as even more exciting. Like I, I look at my stats that I collect through a different package the decade, but um, I, I look at them and just think that like, I can just clearly see why when I play against the tour players that I get a chance to play against, they generally beat me two and one, three and two. You know, I, I'm losing off the tee around three shots. Um, yeah. I'm gaining on my short game too. Well, that's great. But off the tee, I'm losing... 2.8 shots or 1.8 shots well i'm not missing any fairways so it's pretty obvious what i'm not doing isn't it like the guns <laughs> need to get bigger um so it's, how tall you know, are you obviously we've never met i'm 511 i'm 511 yeah i i you know i'm i've i've gained 20 yards in the last lockdown and i'm still going i've just i've, I've reached this again we'll do we'll derail this i'll play the loo part for this pod we're talking about me now um, <laughs> um i've done that i've done that initial big push and now i'm leveling again so yeah. i need to give another big push which means looking at things like gyms and, and i hate that's gyms. what i was about to say that heavier deadlifts, i'm looking man. at weights i'm looking at weights i've got like kettlebell and i'm just trying to use that more at home to see if i can push it at home without having to go to the gym really but there we go um where really just as one quick thing you really can like i've got a hex bar there's a 45 pound hex bar where it's just gotta and you stand in the middle to do yeah yeah Yeah. again it's not like you need to go in and crush a two-hour leg workout just literally taking and doing i mean six minutes and it's not like six minutes. but if we're just trying to get our lower body stronger lift load that thing up with as much as you can on it warm up a little bit dynamically with some kettlebell swings and then just go pump out three sets of 10 with a yeah. hex bar and you, Oh, you know, again, and now just sit back and let time expire and yeah. over two or three months, you just will get stronger. You don't even have I to agree. do a whole lot of work or a whole lot of time. Just do some versus yeah. none. And yeah, I will. I'm pushing it. I will. I will get there. My ball speed is in the one sixties. Now I just want to get one seventy ball speed with some level of consistency. Yeah, I feel like is... with my accuracy, if I could get a one seventy ball speed with some level of consistency, I would be where I wanted to be as a middle aged guy. But anyway, let's let's stop talking. I could go on about me, me all day. Yeah. Back to me. Back to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, where do you think it will go from here? Dude, I don't know, honestly. And I, I just, I posted this to some people just the other day where I'm like, I can't believe what it's doing right now. Like in the last two and a half months, you get Zalatoris, obviously second at the Masters, which coming in is a big story already and then does that. You've got Deschambeau winning the US Open. You've got Stuart Sink winning twice. You've got, you know, Sam Burns, who I worked with as a kid winning. Garrick Higo wins last weekend. And then to get that random email from Bo Van Pelt that like, hey dude, I bought it. I can't believe it. Like, again, if this were some sort of business I intentionally were starting, I'd be like, wow, it actually worked. But this was just something I was doing for my own game. And then only because of injury, I caddied for Zalatoris. And at the time, I definitely was like, this thing works really well. Like, it's it's surprising how good it does of picking targets generically on any course in any setup. It, it is amazing. I, I hate saying that, but it really is. And so... It is, as we keep doing it, I am stunned at how many tour players, you know, I've got probably 30 plus guys that I know of in the U.S. Open. Like last week, I didn't, I was rooting for Garrick Higo and Doc Redman. And all of a sudden I find out that Bo's in there also. Like, I really don't know how many guys have, have bought it, but I would honestly, at this point, because of my work with Jeff Smith and Mark Blackburn and, you know, just a lot of the biggest teachers on tour, I'd be stunned if, you know, a hundred percent of them aren't at least pretty familiar at this point with what I do. 
um, and are using, you know, some iteration of it, like you kind of said when we started, some iteration of it on their own, or just, again, just the psychology points that we all is just these neurotic type A people that love golf. You just sometimes have to sit back and realize, yeah, I would like to make something happen here. But it's just yeah. not, it's just not in the cards right here. It's, I can't force that. Or, you know, I just need some variance within my shot pattern or putt or whatever to make that happen. And just understanding that just really settles your brain down so much. So, I mean, like, where do I see it going? Honestly, I can't believe what it's done already. And there is part of me that I'm like, I really do just kind of want to fast forward two years and just see where it goes just out of morbid curiosity. Yeah. But I mean, with the amount of, you know, emails I'm getting from, just your, your average Joe and just everything. Like I really, I definitely, it, creating the system was not intentional to create a business, but creating the word decade as an acronym was intentional once I decided to create a business. Cause again, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. And I was like, screw it. Everything that those people do in sales training, motivational speaking is a six or seven letter acronym because that's yeah. about how many steps you need for most processes. And I was like, I'm just going to create an acronym and I'm going to Tony Robbins this thing to death. <laughs> and, and I just laugh because I would not have said the words when I did it. I want to make the word decade with synonymous with course management. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's, that's just hundred percent what it's become. And like, I just think it's only going to get more and more. Yeah. I mean, it's that, I mean, yeah, I mean, my, my, my experience with working with tour pros and being on certainly European tour and you see it on all the tours is when one player uses something and if there's any success, they are all sniffing. Like no one wants another player to have an advantage. I mean, I'm the amount of the, the amount of players that switched to that red square stretched back tailor-made putter when whoever it was used it and started mm -hmm. winning with it. Was it, DJ was using, I don't know who was first, who was using yeah. it and was just winning all the time. They, they were just everywhere. All of a sudden they're on like every, in everyone's bag. Um, and it does, if they, because they all talk, they all have rain days and they all have flights together and they all do have practice rounds together and they're on a race. They do just talk. It, it's a funny place, the tours. It is, it can, things can <laughs> spread like wildfire. It is, it's funny because it is a community. It, it is a close community. I mean, and it I is like because they're competing. I mean, but it is somewhat incestuous. But they're still friends as well. You've got, yeah. to, you are, it's like being a member of a club. Well, it is. They are a member of a club. They've got a, they've earned a membership. Um, they are a member of the tour. And even though you're competing against the members in your own club, you're still having a beer with them. They're still your social um buddies and for them it's their work buddies it's not that different to the relationships you might have in an office for instance not that i've ever worked in an office but <laughs> you know i can imagine you know 100 people 30 people whatever in an office you're gonna have some level of relationship with those people aren't you and you're gonna have times where you're at the water cooler at your and you chat about stuff i mean i would like to see um i'm sure you're developing the app always i i do find the app slightly clunky at times i would working like on it, the interface yeah yeah i would yeah. like it to become a little bit more user friendly where for me at the moment it feels more like a green reading book almost like yeah. as in you've got to know a bit what you're doing so that's where i would like to see that develop a bit more and, and you can see that you've not stumbled across this, but you've kind of stumbled across this because that's not an interface you would you would you would release to the general public and hope they understand how to use it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it is more of a give me a call, I'll talk you through it kind of interface. But as 
the pace it grows like it's doing like you can't call everyone <laughs> the, well and that's i mean honestly that's the biggest problem right now is my, my inbox yeah. is just a disaster and, and and you know the real point of the app is the content the stats are tangential at best the real point is teaching course management i get people all the time that are like talking about this stat or that so i'm like honestly that's great and all but it's really not the point the yeah. point is to help you with psychology and, and strategy. And then we're also going to find the lowest hanging fruit of what is, you know, physically wrong. And, and honestly, I do think that just the whole idea of how you use the mental scorecard and the GPS statistics to really start, it, it sounds crazy, but to start reverse engineering your mental mistakes. Again, so much is based off of the, you know, the tiger five, the, 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 the low hanging fruit, the simple, silly mistakes. Let's clean all of that up. And then yeah. we'll worry about, you know, Hey, your putting needs to get better. Cause that's a, that's a four year program as opposed to a lot of the other stuff is man, we can literally clean this up in 30 days or less. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that leads me on to be your last question then. And you've kind of already um, hinted at who is using it, but you know, what are the people who are, who's using it? Who are the people that you are using it? that You just think, wow, I can't believe these names are using it. And a little side question, which I don't know the answer to, which I'll ask you, are there people who are using it that you're not allowed to say are using it? Because I know sometimes there yes. are yeah. some, you know, I've worked with companies and it's like they win using that wedge, but they're not allowed to say because they can't use their image and that kind of stuff. Um, who is using it to start? Let's ask that. Like, who, who are the names that you just think you go to bed at night and just think, oh, wow, can't believe they're using that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the real names that I that I am comfortable talking about are basically the ones that have just said it out in the public. I mean, which, you know, again, DeChambeau, I helped him when he was an amateur and then through his first few years of a professional career. And then he signs a multi-million dollar deal with Microsoft because they're using big data to solve strategy. I'm like, pretty sure I already did that for you. And you're the exact guy that I taught. Now I understand yeah. I didn't give Bryson a couple million bucks, but yeah, also yeah. he can't unsay at the US amateur, I use a Scott Fawcett system Scott Fawcett came up with. You know, so it's yeah. a guy like DeChambeau. It's a guy like Stuart Sink, you know, somebody like Garrick Higo, who again, it was the weekend before the Masters, I believe, when he won for the second time on the European tour. And I'm just sitting with my girlfriend having lunch. And I just see Garrick Higo and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's one of my guys. Like I know I know that name, but I also work with a guy named Jonathan Garrick. And I'm like, am I just conflating those? And I just search right there on my phone, my email, and it just comes up with, you know, Thanks a ton, Scott. You've really helped me with get with, to where I am and, you know, using decade and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I thought I gave that guy a free account, you know, so, you know, obviously Zalatoris, but really what's hard for me and where I get a little confused with where I do stand. And seriously, I am literally on my other monitor right now, completing the PGA tour um, tutorial on gambling and protocols and making sure that you're not, you know, game fixing, like, Okay, I really yeah. try not to talk about it much. Now, when somebody wins 
And most importantly, when somebody wins that has sent me a thank you in some form or fashion, again, this is where my, my main critics are always, I mean, literally Andy, the guy from the fried egg, he literally sent me a text one time or we're DMing. And I was like, more than welcome to come to a seminar. And this is before it all derailed with us. You're more than welcome to come to a seminar. Anytime you see one on the schedule, I'd love to show you exactly what it is we do. You know, you're more than welcome. And his reply to that was, I'd love to, but I'm scared you'll just take credit for anything I do. And I'm like, well, when somebody sends me an email that says, thank you, mm. am I allowed to say, hey, I help yeah. them? <laughs> Especially because you don't know what my deal is with them financially. The vast majority of these guys, because I mean, the guy yesterday on the PGA Tour, he's one of, he's a great Oklahoma State player. The guy's really good at golf. He's really young. And I've got this two plus hour conversation with him. And, and I'm like, you know, you don't, he's like, what do I owe you? Like nothing, man. I mean, again, if, and when you do some great things in three weeks, Just I'm going to post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to post it in advance because honestly it could sway lines. And then people are such morons on Twitter. They're going to get in my feed and his feed saying, thanks for losing me $9. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that because it's already toxic enough for me on Twitter. Um, but if you go through, I mean, you can figure out a lot of the names, Doc Redman, Maverick McNeely, Sam Burns, guys that I, you know, explicitly have talked about before, but now it, it is getting a little ridiculous to where I actually, Como and I were having this you know, argument one time about like what happens in a couple of years when the vast majority of guys are using it. And, you know, so then it would be more shocking if somebody wins one week that isn't mm. And right now. It's still kind of fun when somebody does, but eventually like I've covered all the spots on the roulette wheel. Like it, how many, how many made the cut this week? 30. How many missed the cut? 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it really does get back to now. It, it is more of, it's not that the best player is going to win any more often, but more people are just going to not finish rounds thinking I wasted shots. And so it will become more the better players should in theory do better if everybody's using it. Um, I mean, I guess as well, if everyone's using it, then no one's special. If everyone's Superman, then no one's Superman, are they? Does that it, make well, sense? Exactly. And that's, I do expect the PGA tour again, whether, again i catch i should have to stop being apologetic for it i catch so much stuff grief on twitter but i also do challenge anybody to find someone who knows me in real life that would say that i'm kind of a jerk because i really do work with a lot of these guys for free i spend a lot of time with them just because i do think it's fun obviously i've got some ulterior motives but at some point i mean on tour everyone will be using some iteration of it yeah, it'd be a minority who aren't using this kind of strategy, given yeah. it a certain amount of time, because at the end of the day, it's their job. It's, it's like you've put a protocol into a business, basically. It's like me going into Facebook and saying, you need to make sure everyone does this because it'll make them more efficient. It'll make you more money. It'll bring in more ad dollars um, and they'll all be happier employees like. Facebook would just go, yes, we will, correct, we will use that system, thank you, here's your pay, goodbye, and if you have any others, call us. That's kind of what you've done. You've taken a game which is, it's a mail tour, so, uh, and because let's not forget, there's LPGA players using it as well. It, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, there's, there's women and men using this, but on the PGA tour, it's a mail tour, you've basically just gone in there and added a protocol, which some of them are saying, yeah, that kind of makes sense, that will that gives me the chance of me becoming more efficient. 
again, like you say, it might not make you more efficient. You might be doing it all already. It might be common sense for you, or you might find that there are some holes that you can just plug. And if that is saving you 0.8 of a shot every 36 holes, 18 holes, nine holes, whatever, who would give up 0.8 of a shot? I mean, I know <laughs> no one. Yeah, yeah well, you see what I mean? It, it just, and, it and would be crazy the, not to use it. The, the two things that were intentional that I sit here five years later looking back, I'm like, wow, that actually worked. The one was creating an acronym to be synonymous with course management. And the other one was focusing on young players. Como set me up with a, with a veteran about five years ago when I first was starting this. I went down to San Antonio and I worked with him and he just literally, not that he disagreed with everything I said, but he basically said, that's not how I see it. That, well, that's not how I do it. I do it this way. And I'm like, I'm not here to figure out how you do it. You're doing, you're not having the results you think you should. That's why I'm here. So I'm here to maybe let you look through a different lens. Yeah. But it was just like this pushback. And it's also then hard to tell a 27 year old who's made 15 million, you're doing it wrong. I can yeah. kind of only mess you up to a certain degree like if you go win, you'll think, well, I was going to win eventually anyways. I can't really get much credit there. But if you do go play bad, like I'm very exposed. So I was like, man, that wasn't much fun. I at the time was already working with Oklahoma State and Clemson and Duke and Wake Forest and Florida and USC and the Stanford's, the big colleges. And I'm like, in five years, when all these kids are getting out and on the corn ferry and tour, like I'm at least going to have 15 tour players just from those schools. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to, again, I've got my electricity company. I've got other things going on in my life. I'm just going to help the college kids and the, like the kids that I can kind of mold and shape a little bit better. And yeah. I'll worry about tour players in five years when they get there. And that's the thing that I would say is funny that that worked because again, over the last six years, the, I've, I've got seven different, you know, the men's and women's sides, basically seven different NCAA individual champions, five or six U S amateurs, um, and all those players are the, luckily the ones that wind up getting the exemptions into tour events and they have, you know, done well. And so it's like, wow, all of a sudden, I mean, seriously about just about every kid that's under the age of 24 or five on tour, I've worked with in some form or fashion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, not directly, but through the app in college. And I can see there, you know, I can see you you've watched content, you've tracked stats, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So last question then, um, what would you do differently reflecting back now? If you were starting decade again now, we rewind, what would you do differently? What would be the top thing you would change or do differently, do you think? Or would you not? Would you just let it organically have done what it's done? What, what do you think? I think I would just kind of let it do what it's done. I, I, honestly, there's times where I just, I, I watched The Matrix on purpose. Have you ever watched The Matrix by any chance? Yeah, yeah, I've watched The Matrix. I watched yeah. it intentionally the other night because there's a big part of me that it's, and again, don't worry, I'm not a, a flat earth tin hat guy that thinks we're actually living in a simulation. But I also do recognize that is possible. Like that is theoretically possible. And these last two and a half months have honestly been so ridiculous that I'm just like, I feel like I'm living in the matrix and I chose the blue pill and was just like, no, I just want to stay blissfully ignorant and just, yeah, I mean, obviously this thing's just working and, you know, isn't it for everyone? And I just, the only, I mean, I do regret, because I, again, I do think I'm a pretty nice guy. I do regret the persona that I have on Twitter. It definitely costs me money, but I've also created this spot where I do have a voice and there are a lot of loud people on the other side arguing for bifurcation and rollbacks. And I truly do think those would be terrible for the game. And this is where, you know, just over the last couple of days, the, the main guy that I'm always arguing with is Andy. And I'm just like, 
you're just not being honest. He's talking, you know, there was a nice article written on me and decade in golf digest and he was interviewed for the article. He knows this is for a decade article <clears throat> and he's in there talking about, you know, well, I've told them this a million times, but satellites are 2d. Now think about looking at something in 3d versus in 2d. It's a totally different equation. I'm like, I have to literally post on Twitter. Not only are they 3d, they can see through trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Satellites can literally see through trees. I'm not doing this blind to topography. And, and the fact that it's somebody who purports that they are a golf course architecture lover is willfully sticking in their head in the sand, acting like something called a contour map hasn't existed literally for hundreds of years. It's just so <laughs> disingenuous. And that's where I'm just like, I can't not argue against you because what you're trying to I do. I thought you would turn that Twitter off last time we spoke. You haven't turned it back on again, have you? I, I, it hasn't been. You have, movie. haven't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> you so have. You're, I'm going to create. I'm going to create decade for your Twitter account. <laughs> In the last four days ish, that Golf Digest article has come out, and I felt like I had to address oh. the incorrect statement that. Well, because again, he's just trying to poke. Or he's just trying to. Yeah, but let them. What I in. always think. What think about it this way, okay? Let them make incorrect statements because lots of people will know their incorrect statements, and we can all just giggle at them. Like you don't need to help people who don't want to be helped. That's one of I, your, and that's where I think where Scott, knowing Scott now for the time I've known him, and I can relate to Scott because I have similar feels. But it, Scott just wants to help. Like he just wants you to be smart golfers but there are really voices out there who just don't seem to want to de de like deal in any kind of logic and it goes nowhere so my advice to you if what would you do different you would have given your twitter account over to girlfriend friend um a company to do and let them just build it as a decade and then you just be scott Fawcett playing golf having fun getting it doing your your work with the students because if that goes nowhere if they want to uh, ignore logic then i always think sometimes it's quite good to let them publicly ignore logic and the people who know will just snigger and think well they don't know what they're on about and they can be self-proclaimed whatever they want to be do you know what i mean i just that that's get that twitter turned off again i'm please. totally agreeing <laughs> i don't handle it well i there's no defense <laughs> i I've, i'm doing better but again, like the, the again, not to. I do think this is an important point. I bought a twenty-five-year-old, the original Callaway Great Big Bertha, and the original Strata, and I can get that club to achieve modern ball speeds in Smash Factors. Yeah. So rolling back the club head specifically would do nothing, and they the the, the, the reply is mishits would get bigger. I don't disagree with that but it would not be anywhere near to the magnitude they think it would. And it would do nothing. It wouldn't be so bad that people would be like, well, I just need to slow this swing down to make sure and hit it solid. Nothing would change. And as a result of nothing would change, there's no reason to bifurcate equipment and really create a headache again for the junior and college golfer. When do they start playing the, the pro equipment, whether it's the ball or a driver head or anything like you keep pushing the decision further down the ladder to our younger and younger players Bifurcation is a terrible idea, and I can assure you, the 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 modern the, the the average Joe amateur they would for sure miss hit the the great big Bertha size head a lot more, and the game would absolutely suck compared to where it is now. And so I I do think it's important to make sure that point is well known. 
And yeah, then, that, that's where you can't put Twitter down. You see that and you just can't put it down. But the better thing to do, so I've done a study on that with those clubs, which I'll try and show you at some point. But it, it's quite, people get the idea of a small head and a big head a little bit mixed up. Yes. So as in which one goes more offline and which one's easier to hit, those, just, those things are not represented well by anyone. At the well, that's where both I, sides, both sides are getting it a little muddled up. Well, and that's where I Honestly. post a picture of a modern driver and, or excuse me, the Callaway Big Bertha in my modern three wood. And obviously the great Big Bertha head is much larger than the modern three wood head. And yet they just act like a tour player couldn't hit a modern three wood solid. Like it's, yeah, these guys yeah, are hitting crazy. the center of the club face every yeah, yeah. time. I mean, yeah. it's just, well, that's not... why those discussions don't go anywhere, but well, yeah, I hear you. Oh, you've noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Decade with Scott Fawcett. Thanks for your time, Scott. Obviously um, it's always interesting conversation. I think talking with someone who has, I mean, I think it would be share, fair to say certainly on the PGA tour that you are shifting the needle, even if it's 0.1 of a degree, it's definitely moved. There are people are talking about your strategy and the concepts. And I think that can only be applauded. And it definitely, the more I talk with Scott, what comes through is it is built around a desire. It's actually built around a selfish desire of him being a good player and not being maybe the player he wanted to be and trying to work out why he didn't get to where he wanted to be. And can he still get there? Um, And that selfish desire, I think comes through as why the product just works because you know you're applying it to you there's tall players who are thinking the same i'm as good as that four-time major champion but i've got no major championships why is that and if you offer some answers in strategy then they're going to look so it's always an interesting conversation as always everybody thanks for listening to the podcast if you enjoy the podcast do leave um comments down below i think the last comment down below said something i'm not allowed to end stop ending podcast with on that bombshell i was told off for saying that (laughs) he said stop ending stop ending podcast with on that bombshell but i love the video so to that person not on any bombshells thanks all for listening and do post comments down below and leave stars see you in the next episode